Catch all the fun and magic of Rivercats baseball. For the schedule and all the highlights, go to money1055.com. Money 105.5. Views expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station, its owner, staff, or management. The following program is sponsored by Simply Great Lives. Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Hey, welcome to the Impact Hour. Today we're going to talk about living a legacy. A lot of times we want to leave a legacy and we talk about how do we leave a legacy, but living a legacy is a little bit different. And we're going to talk about that, talk about the differences between those and how is it that you live a legacy uh, and not just leave a legacy. So with me, I have today Raul Lopez Jr. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you, sir. Hey, just wanted to see, do you have any thoughts just right off the bat here on living a legacy? Living a legacy, yeah. Interestingly enough, just I think last week I had a conversation with somebody about living a legacy uh, because they asked me what is leaving a legacy. And um, the way that we impact people while we're here and the ripple effect, in short, is, I, is living a legacy. And that means helping people, giving, sharing, um, coaching. Uh, and helping people change their lives for the better. And that ripple effect in life, I believe, is living a legacy. That's awesome. Yeah, so leaving a legacy is leaving behind stuff. So you leave behind some money, some bank accounts, your possessions, your estate. Uh, and may- maybe you know, you're in a place where you can like, leave behind like a libraries in your name or something like that. That would be like leaving a legacy. And for most of us, leaving a legacy of just leaving stuff, I think is kind of a a smallish kind of legacy that we can live compared to what's possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't don't know about you, Raul, but uh, I've had some relatives pass away on both sides of my family. And when relatives pass away, it, at least in our families, uh, it just creates weird behavior Hmm. in in people we've got people you know stealing and people vying for money and damaging relationships all to get this stuff that was left behind and it actually is worse off in my opinion than if they'd left nothing at all (laughs) yes um i can say i have seen that in my family um unfortunately i think it's common that when somebody passes instantly everybody wants something and uh yeah no I, i don't I don't play into that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, a lot of times we strive to, to build up an estate, to build up all of this, this wealth and accumulate all of this stuff so that we can, you know, leave our kids well off. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times that actually does more harm than good. And it's not a great way to leave a legacy, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. You know, um, I did have this conversation recently and and somebody asked what do you what is leaving a legacy mean to you and I had never looked up the actual definition of it so I just gave my opinion and it was very similar to what I stated in living a legacy if, if we're leaving in my opinion if we're leaving a legacy something good something positive to me it's more of that continued 
effect, that continued ripple effect where people are going to say, you know, and it doesn't even have to be about the individual like, oh, I remember Raul and he did this for me. But it might be that ripple effect to 100 people down the line that just have something that I shared or that I helped somebody else change with and they're changing their lives and they're living a better life regardless of who it started with or where it came from. To me, that's the ultimate leaving a legacy. Right. Yes. And, and the ripple effect is certainly a big, huge part uh, of, of having a really awesome, grand uh, legacy that we are living and leaving. It's something that it's not just for the next generation, but something that impacts for generations out. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I, I run into when I talk to people about this topic, about what kind of legacy they want to live, is people a lot of times aren't sure what it is they even really want. And there's so many competing desires about, I want this, I want that, you know, I need this other thing over here. And, and a lot of times we have these dreams and we bury our dreams. We're told, you know, don't even try. It's not even worth it. It won't work and all this stuff. And we get to, you know, I don't know, adulthood and, you know, our dreams are squashed <laughs> and, and we don't even know what we want anymore. Yeah. And so it's a, a lot of times it's a, it's a really big journey to figure out and uncover what it is we really want more specifically. I mean, we can usually kind of identify in general, but what is it specifically that we really want? Mm-hmm. And I think for each of us, the legacy that we live is unique to us. It's not something that's, that's just broad in general, but each person has a unique kind of contribution to make in the world that's unique to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of wanted to share a little bit. It kind of plays into this thing called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I looked it up because I don't remember all of it. I, I can't remember the gist of it. And then I can, cannot quite remember all the details in there. But I looked it up. And, and the hierarchy, that the concept behind the hierarchy is we need all the things in the hierarchy. But there are certain things that if we're lacking, take precedence in, a, in terms of our attention. So if we don't have air, suddenly that's the most important thing right now. <laughs> yeah. We need air right now. Yeah. And, you know, and the fact that our sister's mad at us doesn't even, you know, we don't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the first level, it's physical. We need food, water, shelter, sleep, clothing, air, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, the next level, it's safety. We, have, you know, we need to be personally safe. Uh, that includes financial safety, health and well-being, you know, if, if you have, you know, something physical going on with your health, you know, that suddenly takes precedence and we drop everything and go to the hospital to take care of this thing because it's urgent and it's, you know, you need to do that above anything else that's going on. And above that is social belonging. We need friendships, intimacy, family, uh, those kinds of things. And the next one up is esteem. So they have these five levels, these five layers of these, these needs in this hierarchy, and esteem is broken down into two different kind of levels. There's a lower form where we're desiring respect from others. That's status, recognition, fame, prestige, and attention. But that's kind of a lower form, and a higher form is more of self-respect and inner strength, a competence and a confidence that we have in kind of a sense that we're achieving mastery in our lives and in what we're doing and that's where our esteem is coming from within, not from without. So trying to acquire esteem of others is uh, something where we're grasping. And the problem with that is it never seems to be quite enough. Mm. And so we get an attaboy from somebody and then, then the attaboy is done. And like, okay, well now what? How do we get, how do you get another attaboy? How do you get another attaboy? And you know, we keep, keep working out all these, uh, trying to get esteem from others. Mm-hmm. And we can kind of get stuck in that. 
And uh, at the highest level, he's actually gone through, this is a guy, Abraham Maslow. He kind of reworked it a little bit. At first, he called it self-actualization. And then people are like, what the heck is that? And he had some kind of vague idea about it. Uh, but the later on, he kind of actually revised it and called it self-transcendence. And it has to do with uh, giving to a higher cause, a higher outside goal, something bigger than ourselves. It's making a meaningful contribution to the world, uh, and it might include the spiritual, and that's where you're living a legacy. Mm, that's good. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, in fact, before you read that portion, I was going to say uh, it's similar to significance, right? Yes. Um, and I believe that everybody internally would just like to help other people in some form, in some way. But a lot of us don't know how, but it is a need, right? Yes. It's a need. Um, so uh, that's where people like us who are coaches come in. I, I talked to somebody just today about their story, right? About their life and, and sharing. And uh, the, this person, nice person said, uh, you know, I do, I have so much and there's so many things that have happened in my life and so many things I've overcome, uh, but I don't know how to get it out. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. And that stops a lot of us from getting that esteem or feeling mm. that significance or getting that attaboy, as you said, because we don't know how to even present it. And we have so much and we scatter. Uh, what about this? What about that? So, um, yeah, actually taking a breath, sitting down and just maybe putting your bullet points out there can really help you get out there and do what we need, which is to help others. Yes. Yeah. So the, the need to contribute to the world is a need that we always have. And even if right at a certain moment we need air, you know, getting the air takes priority in that moment. But it doesn't mean the need for significance and contribution has gone away. Mm -hmm. It just means that this other need has kind of overshadowed it for a while. Mm -hmm. And another thing about these needs is that a lot of times it's, it's not like they necessarily stack up one on top of each other where it's more exclusive. Like at the lower level, it is more like that, where if you need air, that's like right now we need air. You know, and, and suddenly it's a panic. Holy cow, I need air. You know, where can I buy some air? <laughs> <laughs> give you everything I got for air. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you know, or, or the safety and that kind of thing. But mm -hmm. as you work your way up to the self-esteem and uh, other esteem and, and social belonging and those kinds of things, it's not like you need to belong before you can have esteem. A lot of times those things can work together. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the same with the self-transcendence uh, mm -hmm. and uh, the actualization and that part, making a contribution um, we might not have all the esteem that we need, mm -hmm. but we can still work on contributing to the world in a way that's meaningful, and sometimes they're woven together. Mm -hmm. And so as we contribute to the world, that can actually contribute to our, our higher self-esteem mm -hmm. as we gain kind of a deeper sense of who we are and our purpose in the world and our place in the world, mm -hmm. and that can give us that higher form of, of self-esteem mm -hmm. for that lower level. Mm -hmm. You know, with, with the exception of air, um, those other needs can come in different orders, too, depending on our current situation in life, right? Um, safety um, may not be the priority for some. It may be the significance. But for others, you know, I need to feel secure. I need to feel safe. I need to have a certain amount of money every month. I need to have a certain type of home, a place to live. I need to feel secure in that. Where others might be like, eh, I'll, I'll sleep anywhere, but, you know, I want to make sure that I, I feel the significance or I feel one of these other needs. Yes. Yep. And one thing to keep in mind is that, especially with the esteem level in there, is we can get so caught up and stuck in that. And it seems like the American dream is all about level four of the hierarchy of needs and getting the esteem and respect of others. Mm -hmm. 
and we're striving so hard, at least I can relate, you know, earlier in my life, striving so hard for status and, you know, a certain level of income. So I felt like that, that validated me and made mm-hmm. me, you know, a good person or, or at least an esteemed person by society, you know, and then getting that certain position, that certain title, and all of this stuff was trying to get <laughs> and fill this need that I had. But the problem with this esteem is it's, uh, it's kind of like that definition of success. Success is just a little more. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk more about this right after the break. your kids to listen to you more? Bosses, do you want your employees to be more engaged? Salespeople, do you want your customers to be more inclined to say yes? I'm Rena Bonicio from the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Let's explore some simple changes you can make to get the responses you want from people. Schedule your free discovery session with me at theimpacthour.com. Making some simple changes in yourself can make a dramatic difference in your relationships. Schedule your free discovery session at theimpacthour.com. Some assembly required. Meaning significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. Welcome back. A little bit of a technical glitch there, but we are back and live. So we've been talking a little bit about living a legacy and kind of how that relates to the hierarchy of needs. And I was talking just before the break about the need for esteem. We can get caught up in this lower form of esteem where we're really striving for respect and esteem from other folks. And we can get stuck there Mm -hmm. because, as I mentioned just before the break, success, the definition of success is just a little more. And mm-hmm. so whatever it is we have, whatever we've achieved, uh, we, we're always desiring just a little more. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it ends up, you know, being kind of this, uh, this scenario of comparison, yeah. you know, where we compare ourselves to so-and-so or to the person across the street or, you know, the guy driving the little better car on the highway. And we're comparing, go, oh, man, they got a little bit better than I do. I, got into, I need to work a little bit harder for that. I need <laughs> to, you know, get the, the better job and get a little more pay so I can get a car like that or, uh, or whatever. You know, or you got with your golfing buddy and, you know, maybe you're asking, you know, how, how, would you, how much did you make this last year? You know, mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of a taboo question, but, you know, sometimes you can break taboos, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and like, oh, I made this much. And, oh, man. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> you, you know, where I think that comes from, or at least what I've learned, is uh, the reason, even if it's not just wanting a little bit more, it's the fact that we've created a goal. And we, we feel like we're going to feel be happy when we get to that goal. And then we get there and we get those things. We get the big houses. We get the big cars. We get the nice job. We get the title. And then we, we don't feel that, hey, I thought this was going to be like it. I thought this was going to be my life. I was going to be happy and everything's going to be perfect. I got the picket fence. And we achieved the goal. And it's a great thing. But we do want more. And, and I believe that my, for me, I'll talk about me personally, getting to that level um, at one point in my life, what happened is I wasn't 
con contributing, right? The other one's contribution and growth. And so because we're working and, and going after goals and financial goals, right? Houses and money and cars, we get there and it's not what we thought. At least for me, it wasn't what I thought. And once I started to contribute and, and give back and take care of people and help people, that's when it's a continuous joy for me. That's what happened. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this, this saying out there that, uh, you know, as you're climbing that ladder of success, is it leaning against the wrong wall, possibly? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, that's good. Yeah. Yes. So I want to talk just a little bit about what are our drives and motivations as we navigate through the world. And I've now discovered, you know, for myself, I kind of have a, I guess you could say, an addiction for the well-known. And so it's easy to stick with what I already know. So if I could be in a job and it's just working just so-so, it's just sort of okay, it's not super great, but it's known. And so I don't want to change because that's a known thing. And I want to <laughs> stick with the known thing. And I, wanna, I don't want to make change. And I don't want to try new things. And, and I just kind of want to stick around with, with what I know. And uh, I find that that's just kind of this mundane kind of life that's just not super exciting, but not, not all that painful either. Mm -hmm. It's just barely over painful, but not like this vibrant, thriving life either. And we can get stuck in that. Where does that fall under those needs? Um, that's a great question. Well, because well, where I see that is the certainty. Yeah. Right. And this is a little, it's similar, but it, it's certainty. You know, we know what we're doing every day. We have a plan. We, we actually, oh, we don't have to plan because we know. Right. Here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to get up at this time. I'm going to go to work at this time. I'm going to come home at this time. And that's the certainty in it. But like you said, at some point it gets boring or like what's going on. And then that's the other need, which is uncertainty. Yes. It comes right along with it. So we need both of those. Right. Right. So question for you, our listeners, is it possible that you're only making big changes in your life as a result of some sort of crisis that comes on? Mm. Or are you making changes because it's really a healthy thing to do and it's loving and caring and getting out and making change because you want to make a contribution because you know it's, it's the right thing, it's, uh, it's fulfilling? Or is it possible you're just waiting for the next crisis and then, oh, okay, I guess I'll make a change. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, there's, a, there's a quote, and I, I couldn't even tell you who said it, but it, uh, I heard it just, in fact, the other day, I hear it often. Um, when something must happen is when it does. Right? When something <laughs> has to happen is when it does. I mean, if, if your back is against the wall, you're going to take action. Right. And uh, usually if, if you're not in some type of danger or it's not an absolute necessity, we'll kind of put it off. Right. So that falls under what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. The problem with it is uh, there's this concept of, of being motivated by away from some pain, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain or some discomfort or whatever, versus something we're motivated towards. So it's away from versus towards. Mm -hmm. now, I, know, I know some folks out there, in the past at least, you know, had this really thing, big thing saying, you know, nobody will change unless there's, there's enough pain. Mm. That it's, it's this burning platform idea. You know, nobody will will get off the oil rig until it's on fire, and then they'll leave, <laughs> right? Uh, but away from pain only goes so far. Mm -hmm. the The problem with it is that the pain. Once we get far enough away from the pain, we stop because we're not experiencing that pain anymore, and mm -hmm. so we only go so far, and then we stop until it's painful again. Until it's painful again, and then. So we're just just barely moving along, and 
a better way to be motivated is towards what is it that we really want mm-hmm. and and as an example i think that's why so many diets have a hard time and mm. dieters have a hard time dieting i guess it'd be a better way to say it <laughs> uh, because they have this pain there there's a certain weight you know the scale's got a certain number and, and maybe the pain is ooh man i'm i'm this heavy now and hmm i don't think i like that idea so there's this kind of discomfort around it so then they they work hard to lose weight and then it's like below that that number that kind of shocked them a bit and then after a while it's like oh okay you know another ice ice cream sounds pretty good and you know those (laughs) chips are looking pretty good and you know and then we kind of fall off the wagon it's not so painful anymore Mm -hmm. and so we only go so far and instead if we were actually working towards something of greater health maybe we had a goal like we wanted to be able to play uh, football with our grandkids, mm-hmm. you know, or we wanted to be able to throw frisbee with them, or or go for a walk, or you know, we wanted a certain level of healthy uh, lifestyle so that we could do certain things and be with people a certain way with grandkids or whatever. That's a towards goal, mm-hmm. and you won't stop that goal until you can actually do those things. That's that's really good. Um, a, a toward goal and. Uh I'd love to think that I can get to a level of just always having a toward goal and taking action. But as you were, you were talking about pain, it reminded me uh, of two examples. I'll just give you one, but uh, taxes, mm, right? Those we, are painful. We, yeah. We, and it's, <laughs> it's painful to do them. If we do them ourselves, it's painful. So we put it off, we put it off, we put it off and it's painful to do them. But what is more painful to not have them in on time? Yes. So we wait till the last day and we cram them all out and we get them in and then it's all over. And we go, man, I could have done that last month (laughs) right right so we caused ourselves this pain so that toward goal would be awesome if we can get my i'm talking about me if i can get myself a month ahead of tax time and go okay i'm just gonna sit down i'm just gonna do them it's gonna take me three or four hours whatever it is but it's gonna be done i'm not even have to worry about it for a whole another year instead i allow myself to worry and be in that pain for a full month and then i rush it at the last day yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, I think it was Stephen Covey who talked about, you know, waiting to the last minute for things or waiting until it's a big enough crisis. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he talked about if you wait till it's a crisis, the problem is actually bigger. Mm-hmm. And, and you create a worse problem by waiting than, if, than by taking care of it earlier. And the example I think he gave in the book was, you know, servicing the lawnmower. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you wait till the lawnmower is broken, you know, then, then what is that? What is the pain of that? You know, it's a pretty big pain. And, but then to solve it, you know, what do you need to do to solve that? You might need to get a whole new lawnmower as right. opposed to just servicing it along the way. It's not a big deal and doesn't take much time and it's not, doesn't take much mental energy. It's just taken care of. Right. But by waiting to the last minute, a lot of times we create a worse problem than if we just taken care of it when it came up. Absolutely. I know people who never change their oil and then their engine blows. Mm. And all they had to do was change their oil three months ago and yeah. they wouldn't have to buy a whole new engine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like why we have this, the phrase now, if it weren't for the last minute, nothing would get done. <laughs> <laughs> the, la- the last minute. Yeah. The last hour. Yeah. That's so true. So... Oh, okay. So, when we one of the things we wanted to to be aware of uh, as we set towards goals is what do we really want from our life? What do we want our life to be all about? And you know, do we want it to just be about helping other people achieve their dreams, or just doing what we're told, or just being a nice person, or is there some sort of contribution we want to create in the world? Do we? What do we want to be remembered for? Mm-hmm. You know, and what? You know, is there something about us that we want it to be in the world that leaves a mark, a positive mark, a lasting mark in the world? And for different people, that might be different. It might look different. 
but what is it that we want to leave in the world? And are we setting goals for ourselves to achieve that? Mm-hmm. Or are we just waiting for permission or opportunity to present mm-hmm. and waiting for that or waiting for our current situation to get painful enough mm-hmm. before we actually take action on something like that? Yeah. That's, a, that's a great question because I think a lot of people don't even think about it. And, uh, you know, if you're hearing this, then think about it. It's, it's, it is something to think about. Too many of us get caught up in the day-to-day grind. And like we were talking about earlier, we wake up at a certain time, we have a cup of coffee, we drive to work, we drive home, you know, we mow the lawn, we, we do some chores, we go to sleep, we do the same thing every day without even realizing there's so much more out there that, that would fulfill us in a better way. So the, fir- the key to what you're talking about is just first thinking about it. Yeah, just figuring out what it is we want it, our life to be about. And, and that's sometimes a, a task, trying to unbury those things, but it's certainly well worth it. Right. We're going to talk more about this right after the break. Anxiety, fear, and embarrassment. If you're one of the millions of Americans with unpaid or unfiled federal taxes, I'm here to offer you some hope and relief. I'm Kathy Hill, founder of Tax Tiger. Tax Tiger operates on the Christian principles of honesty and integrity. We're a full-service tax firm. Not only do we protect you from the IRS, we prepare your back taxes, release wage and bank levies, and negotiate the best settlements in the nation, many as low as $20. You can trust Tax Tiger to give you an honest and free appraisal of your situation. We will prepare your tax return every year, even if you have no IRS problem. We specialize in settlements and audits. Call Tax Tiger today at 916-393-9085 to schedule your free consultation. You could be closer to financial freedom than you think, and you need a tiger on your side. Call 916-393-9085 or visit us online at taxtiger.com. Friday's at 2. Lock it into Money 105.5 for the rush hour for success. It's a show dedicated to your success. With information about what's going on in the community, reviews of places to visit around Sacramento, and of course, topics that involve experts in money strategies, business, real estate, and things that matter most in life. Join the watch star himself, Jim T. Chong, plus the theater queen, Cami Ferry. Get entertained, get educated, and get with a rush for success. Friday's at 2 on Money 105.5. Hey folks, Farron Larson for Big Mountain Heating and Air, Windows, Doors, and Solar. Did you know that many furnace tune-ups are nothing more than a do-nothing sales gimmick that you paid for? Let us truly rejuvenate both your heating and air system for only $69 and we'll guarantee your complete system against breakdown all year long or the service will be free, period. Did you know that every 10 minutes your gas furnace runs? It releases as much energy as three and a half sticks of dynamite. We take the proper service of your furnace very seriously. Guaranteed no pushy salesman disguised as a technician trained to sell you an overpriced air conditioner or furnace. Call Big Mountain and say, big on a complete air conditioner and furnace in any residential size with solar for less than you're probably overpaying the utility companies right now. Details at BigMountainAir.com or call 378-4616. That's 378-4616 or BigMountainAir.com. Are you tired of feeling sick and tired? Are you looking for more natural, drug-free solutions for common health care issues for you and your family? 
My name is Dr. Tim Smith, and I am the host of Family Health Solutions Radio Show here on Money 105.5. Every Monday from 2 to 3 p.m., we are talking about natural preventative health solutions for the entire family. Make sure to join us every week, 2 to 3 p.m., here on Money 105.5, and help improve the health of your family. Okay, so the big question for any decision you're going to make, is this actually going to work? Well, if you've heard about MediShare, which is a brilliant way of sharing healthcare costs, you may have wondered that. Does it work? Well, so did Dr. Stuart Hoover, who initially joined to save a lot of money. The typical family saves about $500 a month. Stuart saved even more. When we first joined uh, MediShare, we were immediately going from a little over $1,600 a month down to uh, $460 basically a month. So that's wonderful, but then his wife needed emergency surgery, and the bills added up to $160,000. So we were seeing the bills coming in, and then the bills were being paid. Portions were being shared, and the end result of this is this bill was taken care of. Yes, MediShare works, and it's so easy to get your questions answered, too. So why not? You can call right now, 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. Meaning significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. Parents, do you want your kids to listen to you more? Bosses, do you want your employees to be more engaged? Salespeople, do you want your customers to be more inclined to say yes? I'm Rena Bonicio from the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Let's explore some simple changes you can make to get the responses you want from people. Schedule your free discovery session with me at theimpacthour.com. Making some simple changes in yourself can make a dramatic difference in your relationships. Schedule your free discovery session at theimpacthour.com. Some assembly required. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Welcome back to the Impact Hour. We're talking about living a legacy, which is a little different than leaving a legacy. We talked earlier, leaving a legacy is leaving behind stuff, but living a legacy is more about who you are in the world. And we've been talking a little bit about what it is we actually want to do, what do we want to be remembered for, what kind of people do we want to be, and what do we want to do with our lives. In order to support that, I'm going to try something a little different today. I have an exercise for you listeners. If you're driving, please just drive. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're someplace where you've got access to pen and paper, take some time or really quickly or whatever, go ahead and grab some pen and paper. And uh, as you're grabbing that, and uh, as we do this exercise, uh, if you would like to call in because you'd like some help with the exercise or you'd like to share a little bit about uh, kind of how you've gone through it and any aha moments you may have had, you can call the station here at one 576 1055 And again, that's 866-576-1055. And I'm going to walk through this exercise and then I'll share the number again in case you didn't quite catch that. But I want you to think about what do you do in a typical day? What are the normal activities you have in a typical day? And just write those down as they come to you. The order doesn't matter. We're not creating a timeline here. But what do you do in a typical day? 
So I know for me in a typical day, although not all my days are the same, but you know, I would get up and I'd get ready, brush my teeth, do all the normal stuff to get ready. I'd eat breakfast um, and then I might head to work. Um, if I'm working from home that day, I'd be heading to my office, which is this really long commute. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'd be doing some work. I might answer some emails. Um, you know, I might uh, connect with some people throughout the day. Um, then I might have some lunch. I might eat some dinner. I might watch some TV and head to bed to go do it all over again. So that might be a common typical day. And if I thought about maybe like my Saturdays, which might be different, um, you know, in that case, you know, I might visit uh, some guys in a guys group. Um, some of you might mow your lawn. And uh, what are some other things? Take out the trash. Maybe some of you are involved in some hobbies. So maybe you spend some time in your hobby. Maybe you're fixing up your Jeep to get it to go off road. So you're putting in lift kits and all kinds of stuff in there and then heading off road and going camping. What do you do in a typical day? And then include that, you know, what do you do once in a while, maybe on a regular basis? What, what's your life look like right now? What is typical? So you want details. Yeah. What you do. I mean, yeah, take not, out the trash. Yeah. Everything. Okay. Not yeah. too much detail though. Mm -hmm. So I had one person do this exercise and he said he puts the toothbrush in his mouth <laughs> and pushes it to the right and then pushes it to the left. That's a little bit too much detail. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. A little bit too much there. Um, but just, you know, just write those things down. What do you, what do you do in a typical day? And then put those on separate pieces of paper if you can. And then after you've done that, I want you to go back through and evaluate on each item. Is this something that you're doing? It is this making a difference in the world? Is it something you're proud of? Where at the end of your life you'd go, yes, that was that was awesome. I'm really glad I did this because it really made a big difference. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is you value in life, so something that you're proud of, and put those things in one pile. And so if you've written these down, hopefully on separate sheets of paper. Uh, you might have written them on one piece of paper. Of course, paper tears easy, so you can separate them out. <laughs> <laughs> but sort them out. So you have one pile of things that you feel like are making a difference in the world that are significant, uh, they're impactful. There are things that make you proud that you've done those things. And another pile of things that are just things that are just, just, are just being done. Maybe they should be done. Like... If you don't brush your teeth, people would really appreciate that you did, <laughs> you know. Uh, so we, we should brush your teeth, but it's not like that's going to make a big difference on the grand scheme of things. And so I'm not suggesting not brushing your teeth, but just kind of sort through what are, the, what are the things you're doing in your life right now and what are you proud of? And after you've sorted all those things while I've been talking to you, you'll have a pile of things that really don't make that big of a difference. So you can kind of set those aside and then just look at the ones that do make a meaningful impact. My guess is they probably involve people. So they probably involve spending time with family or friends, or uh, maybe you're in some kind of mentoring relationship with somebody. Uh, it doesn't have to be those, but I'm just guessing the kinds of things that you might be proud of and have in that pile. So as you go through that, there's, there's two steps to it. One is to celebrate what you do have in that meaningful impact stack of things that you've listed there. And let's not diminish that. But then how do you feel about that? This could be an emotional exercise. I know I've walked some people through with this and I've had some people, you know, get pretty emotional. 
And uh, sometimes people have only a couple things on there and they're like, wow, I, I really would want more things to be in my list. And so while we celebrate what is in there, there's still space to feel perhaps regretful that maybe there isn't more in there. And, and perhaps, you know, can feel sad or shocked or surprised. All of those are valid feelings. And then the next real question is, what would you want to do? Mm-hmm. Now, now that you've had this evaluation and you've looked at it, what would you want to do to make this kind of exercise different in the future? So what can you eliminate, right? There are, I'm sure there are things if I did this exercise, I could go, well, I, c- I don't have to do that every day and then put something else in there right? mm-hmm. that would fill some of these needs. Yeah, or, or just spend less time doing them. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I know sometimes I've gotten caught up in Facebook mm-hmm. and I look at the clock and go, whoa, uh, I've spent a lot more time on that than I thought yeah, I would. 45 minutes go by fast on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can spend less time on it or, you know, I, I find if I add the things that I do want to add in, it, the rest of it just kind of sorts itself out. So the things that I really don't want to be spending as much time on tend to just drop off naturally. Mm-hmm. So as you're listening to this and you've gone through this exercise and you'd like to share on the show kind of what you what you have on your list and what your experience has been like, you can call us at 866-576-1055. We'd be happy to, to talk to you about this and help you evaluate what's on there and maybe help you evaluate what you'd like to have in your life in the future going forward. So... This kind of exercise is kind of, in a sense, a wake-up call. <clears throat> it's a way of, of reevaluating, you know, what what are you, your, what is in your life, what are you engaged in, and what do you want it to be like? Because I know, at least from my experience, it's so easy to just take the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. It's just easy to just let someone else plan the day for me, or just let circumstances dictate you know, what I should or shouldn't do that day. And that way I don't have to think and it just is done for me. And, and I can just go through just kind of skating through life. And I've spent a lot of years do that. And sometimes I still find myself getting caught up in that, but it has a cost. What is it costing to just go through life, taking the path of least resistance? Mm, That's a good question. What does it cost? Yeah. I think there's opportunity cost in there. You know, usually you hear, too, that the, the path of least resistance is not usually the path where you're going to gain any type of growth or significance in your life. It's the tough things that is where you grow. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it can cost a lot. Yeah, definitely. So I've shared on this show before, but, you know, in 2005, I had a heart attack. And you get did this, possibly did this exercise with paper, but I did it as a real-life experience where I got to the end of my life, possibly. I thought it could be the end of my life, and obviously it wasn't. <laughs> um, but uh, I was looking at it. I thought that could be it. That could be it. And I started evaluating, you know, what, what was my life like, and, and uh, you know, was I engaged in the things that I wanted to be engaged in? And, you know, I started looking at all the things that I had counted as barriers and in the way of doing what I really wanted, and it took that kind of event for me to realize that those barriers that I had put up were just made up barriers mm. that I could go and do what I felt was important anyways, mm-hmm. that, you know, my circumstances didn't control all of my choices. They influenced it, mm-hmm. but certainly didn't, didn't dictate that. Mm. That's good. So, so based on what do you think you were 
making those decisions? Um, I was based, uh, those decisions were based on uh, a set of, I guess you could say programs. I had conditioning built into mm, me. There you go. That's and, what I was looking for. Yeah. And, my, and my programs were telling me to, uh, to not get too visible. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I might not be safe. Mm-hmm. And if I was to appear, I had better appear smart. Mm-hmm. And so I better not start anything where I could fail. Because yeah. if I could fail, then I wouldn't appear smart. And mm-hmm. then I might not be accepted. And you know, I could be an outcast. Yeah. So At many least. of us have those limiting beliefs, right? And that's really what they are. Yes. Is they're the, the, the way we've been conditioned, depending on our environment, our household, our parents, our adopted parents, our step-parents, whatever. Or if we're raised with an uncle or an aunt and we pick up their traits and we are conditioned and we conform to that. Yes. And uh, we, we make decisions based on that. And when we get the freedom to understand that we can make our own decisions, that we don't have to worry about what people think or what people say, then life changes, that's for sure. Yes. So what we want to do in the world to live a legacy is to leave something behind that will last. And we'll talk about this some more right after this break. Parents, do you want your kids to listen to you more? Bosses, do you want your employees to be more engaged? Salespeople, do you want your customers to be more inclined to say yes? I'm Rena Bonicio from the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Let's explore some simple changes you can make to get the responses you want from people. Schedule your free discovery session with me at theimpacthour.com. Making some simple changes in yourself can make a dramatic difference in your relationships. Schedule your free discovery session at theimpacthour.com. Some assembly required. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. Live with passion. Make a difference and come alive. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back to the Impact Hour. We're talking about living a legacy, which is different than leaving a legacy. And this is something that goes way beyond money. And this is how you live your life so that a piece of you, a fingerprint of you, lives on in the world beyond your, your span of years here. And I had something I wanted to share a little bit on that to help kind of illuminate this. Um, I've written a book called Splash, Increase Your Life's Impact, and I want to read a short section from that. So it says here, imagine that when we engage with someone else, we paint the person we're building up with blue paint. The blue paint is just a visual to help illustrate the point. We can either paint ourselves blue or we paint others blue. For example, we give ourselves some cool experiences like a tropical vacation, and so we paint ourselves blue. Then we buy some cool gadgets for ourselves and add some more blue paint. Then we engage in fun activities by playing some games or spending time in our hobby, and so we add more blue paint. At the end of our life, we've piled all this blue paint onto ourselves, and then we're dead. All we've accumulated gets scattered to the wind, and the blue paint is buried with us. There's new blue paint left behind, and the rest of the world is pretty much as it was. Now imagine that we instead focus much more on other people. We mentor someone, so we paint that person blue. 
we coach a soccer team and paint the players blue. We spend some effort building houses with Habitat for Humanity or donate some money, so we paint homeowners blue. At the end of our life, there will be a lot of other blue-painted folks in the world, people we have positively affected, and if others have been painted enough, they may even be able to start painting other folks around them. So our results multiply. Then we choose, when we choose our activities and experiences, who is getting painted, others or ourselves? That's outstanding. That's the ripple effect, right? That's the ripple that, effect. That, I love that. That's a great. Yeah. What, and that, what is the name of your book? Splash. Splash. Cool. Increase your life's impact. And where is that? You can get that on Amazon. Cool. Nice. Yes. You can get it in the Kindle version or in print either way. Outstanding. Yeah. And that goes along with that quote. What you do for yourself dies with you. What you do for others can live on for generations. Mm. So how do you live a legacy? How do you start changing your life so that you can paint some other folks blue? Sometimes that's not always so easy to figure out. Mm -hmm. And so I had some tips to share at the end here to kind of help you get started. Just two things to understand about living a legacy. There's two parts to it. And there can be a focus change you want to make in the world, maybe a cause that you're pursuing. Or you can also, in addition, they're not mutually exclusive, it's also uh, how you navigate through the world and how you interact with people. And sometimes those are woven together as the same thing, or they can be separate. And they're really kind of two sides of the same coin. So if I'm navigating through the world and I'm unpleasant to be with because I get triggered and I fly off the handle and I'm hard to, to be with, my focused impact in the world is going to be certainly diminished quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And if I'm a nice guy, but I'm really not out there making an impact on the world, something that's focused that makes a change, it, my legacy might be pretty small. It might not have this big impact that I want. Mm -hmm. And so those are the two aspects. It's, it's what kind of change we're actually focused on making in the world, and it's how we're navigating the world doing that. Those are both vitally important to live a legacy. You know what, John, just um, after hearing you read that portion out of your book, I just came to me and I thought, what if, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're doing that. You're imagining that you're painting these people blue that you're helping, the, the soccer team you're coaching, the people that you're working with that you're helping. You paint them all blue. And then how about if you imagine that the people maybe that you weren't so nice to, you paint red. Ooh. Right? And, yeah. and then think about how many reds do you got out there and how many blues do you have. Yeah. That might be a good uh, self-evaluation. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, yeah. What legacy are you leaving behind? Yes. Right? Are you leaving a bunch of red? Are you leaving a bunch of blue? Yeah. Hmm. It could be either way, huh? Yeah, Especially if it's, not in t if it's accidental, right? Right. If, yeah. we're, if we're leaving accidental impacts on the world, it's mm -hmm. not always guaranteed to be so positive. Yeah. You know, we could accidentally leave a negative impact. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend the next two days using that analogy. And I'm going to think about it every time I interact with somebody. When I walk away, I'm going to think, was that red or blue? <laughs> mm. You know, it, it may help me change, you know, or pay more attention to how I interact with people. Yes. I think it's all going to be blue, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Another thing to understand is that when you live a legacy, it's uniquely you. So if someone says, oh, you should do this or oh, you should do that, you know, this specific thing, or you should go do this other thing over here. I would step back and question, is that really you? Is that the kind of impact that you want to make? I mean, sure, it might be good, but is it possible to get to the end of life and look back and go, yeah, I did this other thing over here, but man, what I really wanted was this thing here that I never got to. Mm -hmm. And boy, man, that can be some deep regrets. Yeah, like, that's, that's really good because most of the time, 
I don't know if I want to say most of the time, a lot of the times when people are giving you advice, it has a lot to do with their limited beliefs, right? Mm, yes. You shouldn't do that or you should try that. And what they're talking about is themselves. Right. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't try that. And so they try and put it on us. And a lot of times they're trying to be helpful, right? right. But they put it on us. And if we accept it, then we got to, like you said, we may have a lot of regrets. Now, it's, it's something to think about because most of the time people are trying to help us. So we look at it and we go, hmm, nah, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. Or sometimes <laughs> you know? look at it and go, hey, yeah. that's pretty good. That, I think I want to take that on. That's exactly and right. And that's, that's a good thing too. That's good, that's good <laughs> advice. I'm not going to run in the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the next thing to leave your legacy is to get into motion. It's... Mm. um. There's there's a thing out there, and I know I've had this a lot of my life, and I, st I still have to fight this, this idea, this desire to come out with it looking perfect the first time. Mm -hmm. And to come out because because of all the ridicule we might receive if it comes out and it's got this mistake or this problem over there, or mm -hmm. or people go, oh, this person's a bozo or whatever. They don't know what they're talking about or whatever the re reaction might be. And so we don't even start. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and it put it off. So, you know, when I had my heart attack, it was 2005. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do anything about it for another four years. Really? I just sat on it wow. and just feeling like I needed to do something. But, mm. you know, I was, I was held back feeling like, oh, I had to have, you know, this perfect plan for, for this perfectness when it came out mm -hmm. and, and nothing was coming to me. Wow. You know what? Let me, let me quote one of my mentors, Les Brown, and, and I hope I get this quote right. He says, start before you're ready, right? And then he says, you don't have to be good to start but you have to start to be good yes so it's, yeah i love it yeah yeah that's great so there's there's a pattern uh that we like to promote and it's uh in our book we call it agile planning it's just what we labeled it but basically it's a cycle of getting in motion and trying something mm -hmm. and then before you get into motion there might be a little bit of a planning planning's not bad but you don't have to have the perfect plan to start but a plan to get started would be good uh, so you don't need a plan to finish in order to start, to make that more clear, but a plan on how you're going to get started would be a good thing. And get started and get trying some things and evaluate. How'd it go? Did it mm -hmm. work? Is, uh, did I try it in the best way? Can I tweak how I'm doing this? Um, should I do something different? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, when I say do something different, I don't mean give up on your dreams, but maybe approach it from a different way. You know, when, when we achieve our dreams, it doesn't have to look a specific way. There could be a lot of paths to get there. Yeah. Um, but it, it could be that we gave it kind of a try and we look at it and go, well, it's kind of a half-hearted try and we're missing some elements. So I think we can go back and, you know, try, try it again, but a little bit yeah. better. And there's just ever cycle of, of planning, trying, and evaluating. Planning, yeah. trying, and evaluating over and over again until it gets better and better and better as you get along. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm more of the Nike type. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Get started, man. Just try it. If, if, if you mess up, then try something else. But keep going on the same project, right? Just yes. try a different approach. I think you're saying the same thing. Pretty close. Yeah. 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 It's pretty close. Another big key to, to living a legacy is making sure you create quiet space in your life. If we are busy, 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 we really don't have time to get into a resourceful state to be really creative and think about the things that we need to come up with to be creative, to go, oh, you know, I'm, now I'm in the space, now I'm in this resourceful space, I can look at it, and I have this big aha that can really help me move forward. If we're just running crazy busy, uh, it's not that that won't work, but certainly won't have the biggest effects that, that we could have if we had space in our life to just get quiet. Mm, that's good. 
I think when we, we practice, because it takes practice for me to do that, to learn how to do that. It took me a while. But when we do get quiet, we can actually listen to our inner self. And that's when we get the best advice, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Advice from ourself. And for those of you who are, who are believers in a God, if you feel like that's coming from God, then then all the more power to you. I very much do feel like that's where it's coming from. Yes. Yes. And, and like was mentioned before, you know, when you get started, you know, get started before you're ready mm-hmm. because but you'll get ready by starting out there. I love that quote. Yeah. 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 I don't think we can ever be in a position where we're, where we're ready. We'll always find a reason why we're not ready. Um, you know, my, my, my fourth child, my youngest, um, he came to us when we were 37 years old. We had a home, cars, everything else. And my wife cried. She said, I don't think we're ready. And I said, <laughs> what, what, what are we missing? <laughs> I didn't get it. Yes. So we never feel like we're ready. No, yeah. Yeah, it's always going to be a little scary. And it's a good thing because if you live life never feeling a little uncomfortable, then uh, you're probably not stretching enough and trying hard enough. You've been listening to the Impact Hour. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Don't miss a minute of Rivercats baseball action on your station for Rivercats play-by-play. Money 105.5. Every Tuesday is Toyota Family Value Night with dollar hot dogs and ice cream. Dog lovers don't want to miss Wet Nose Wednesday. Dogs get in free. Orange Fridays end with a bang. Enjoy live music and fireworks after the game. And on Sundays, kids run the bases, plus face painting and player autographs. Catch all the fun and magic of Rivercats baseball. For the schedule and all the highlights, go to money1055.com. I'm Marcel Flowers, CEO of Armstrong Plumbing. Our goal is to be your plumbing company for life. We are plumbers who can from a family who cares. For 50 plus years, Armstrong Plumbing has been Sacramento's choice for full service residential and commercial plumbing. Right now, they're offering a $99 drain cleaning with complimentary camera inspection, $150 off a water heater install, and $50 off a toilet install. For more about these special deals, call 916-641-0886. 916-641-0886. Are you tired of feeling sick and tired? Are you constantly limited by your health and you want to get a more natural solution? My name is Dr. Tim Smith. And I help families change the way they view and manage their health at New Life Chiropractic every single day, getting natural solutions for common health care issues. If you want to learn more about how you can start changing your life for the better, visit our office at newlifechiropracticrockland.com or call 916-259-2682 and start changing the health of your family today. Join Brandon Heinz and Mike Driggers as they introduce the heavy hitters in business. Learn valuable tools and some of the challenges that face these entrepreneurs, authors, and coaches on In The Now. In The Now will engage and encourage you to take the next step to your financial and personal success. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. and follow the show on the Money 1055 app. Join Brandon and Mike for a powerful 